0: Welcome to the Watch Okay Please podcast, a podcast where three friends try to convince each other to devote what little time they have left to watch more TV and or movies than they've ever wanted to watch. Please join us while we argue about our media cues and waste everyone's valuable time on things that just don't matter.
1: Hi, watchers It's Dan, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Watch Okay, Please podcast. It's a little surreal that we're already at 73 episodes. Thanks for sticking with us. This week, I pitched a sci-fi thriller show, Counterpart, which originally aired on Stars and is now available on Amazon Prime Video. We talked about how some TV doesn't always tie up loose story ends, random insta-photos with The Rock, our love of the Portal game series, Scientology levels, Battlefield Earth vs. Battlestar Galactica, our analysis of Top Gun Maverick, some heavy breathing, and, of course, the Ripmaster himself, jk simmons If this podcast is the best or worst thing you've ever heard please subscribe rate and review us on spotify and apple podcasts and if you hit us up on our twitter instagram or facebook page you'll probably get a possibly informative or witty response from one of us if that's the thing you want finally if you have a show or movie you want us to watch please leave a voicemail on our anchor page at anchor.fm slash watch okay please all right watchers you may want more pictures of spider-man but you'll have to settle and flex for this absolutely cut pitch nine jason i know what you're about to tell me after i begin to start this pitch another spy or pseudo cold war program really really <laughs> yeah Fine. okay but I, I... <laughs> finally <laughs> yeah so yeah so so we're, we're back into this like kind of pseudo-european kind of way of, of doing things and we're going with the originally aired on stars series ha ha ha. get your stars description here uh, <laughs> stars. this is our
2: second stars show in like eight months
1: there you go and now available off to stream for free for prime members actually so you don't have to pay for it is the tv series counterpart So this is categorized as a thriller and science fiction, but thriller first, interestingly enough, and it stars. How do you guys feel about a certain Law and Order alum and frequent portrayer of the legendary J. Jonah Jameson?
0: Anthony Anderson?
1: Oh, no. (laughs) J.K. Simmons, baby. (laughs) The ripped man himself, man.
2: (laughs) Wait, was that a joke or did you just like totally have no idea who Jay Jonah Jameson is?
0: No, I remember. That. I just got stuck on the Law & Order alum and I just remember it. Was, I thought it was so random that Anthony Anderson was on Law & Order at some point. as like that a series regular. I that think he's true, on yeah. well, wow, isn't he? He might be, yeah. he Because be. they
2: booted it. Like the show's still going. I think he's on yeah. there. I think yeah. you're right. No- yeah.
1: It's wild. I mean, we think about this, there were so many people. I think everyone and their mother has been on one of the Law & Orders. Mm. I'm, I'm pretty certain of that.
2: Yeah. All right, well, J.K. Simmons. I like J.K. Simmons.
1: J.K. Simmons he plays lead on this. There's a lot of different uh, 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 alums out there from a lot of different, not just European movies and other TV, and, and, but there's, there's a bunch of people that are all smattered through this series. You'll see a lot of familiar faces, a lot of character actors. So I'll go a little bit into the story here. I don't want to go too far in because there's, again, there's a lot of suspense and thrill that goes behind this. But basically, he plays the lead character, Howard Silk, and he's just a, a quiet, nondescript kind of office worker who works for a united nations based agency called the office of interchange he's just a regular cog in the machine so to speak at this government place and he doesn't actually know the bigger picture of what he's doing as part of this agent mm. part of this agency so lo and behold you get introduced to the concept basically that there. are is more a meets the eye of what the office of interchange or OI is. And he's been working with his organization for 30 years. So he, he, he's been working there for forever, but he still doesn't understand a lot of different things. And so through a lot of different kind of buildup and intrigue as it relates to, you know, what does OI really do? You begin to find out that the world that he is in is not the only world that coexists in this larger atmosphere or universe you'll find out there is a kind of a parallel Earth that is existing in tandem with this. So this is where the science fiction piece of it comes in. And so you he, he gets to meet his counterpart. Ha ha ha, they use the mm-hmm. word title. Uh, I, I feel
2: like you just spoiled the whole show. Like, how, how long does it take to get to this point
1: here? Again, there's, there's so much more to just what I just mentioned in this show. The, like the-
2: can you find out there's an alternative planet ten minutes into the show here. Like oh, there's within,
1: a- in the first in the first in the first episode it becomes very very apparent. But just knowing that it's there isn't the real mystery behind everything. Mm. There's so many other things that are happening. Why are things happening the way they are? Who is after what type of an ag- agenda? Again, when we talk about espionage, we're talking about you know all these different things here. There's so much more behind it
0: is anthony anderson his counterpart
1: <laughs> <laughs> it would be amazing if that was the case So good well they're actually going to reboot twins actually it'll be jk simmons and anthony <laughs> makes perfect sense <laughs> yeah that's the basic lay of that and there's a lot of really intriguing characters sometimes you'll see counterparts sometimes you won't see counterparts and and then, and then there's this whole bunch of lore as it relates to this greater universe that that is living here but there's a very big kind of like cold war-esque subtext to it. it it kind of they kind of paint it like that and i think that's really what kind of gravitated me is that we talking about the courier and thinking a little bit more about pennyworth and all these other things we've talked about in the past basically cheryl actually found this series for us to watch and then i kind of started watching it. i was almost immediately hooked on it. And I hadn't thought about it for a long time, but the courier, I think kind of started getting the, the mental memory juices flowing, as they might say. And made me start thinking about this and and again it's for me it was you know I think a really interesting way of lo- looking at this and whatnot so this was aired back in late 2017 and actually finished up its second season second final season in 2019 actually there's 20 episodes total but I'm only, so the the runtime is about 50 52 minutes or so on like it like it would be on stars so first episodes one and two this is definitely a saga kind of thing again I, I, get, I get drawn into these things a lot So that's where you would be going with there. I thought it was a really interesting way of you kind of thinking about things and whatnot. I I really liked how the characters really kind of mesh together and how different things basically start to kind of unravel. And you get to learn more about why things are and why people are doing things the way they're doing. So it's very interesting.
0: Does the show actually have like a full, does it come to a reasonable closure by the end of the series?
1: Yes, yes, it, it does. does. Okay. Yeah, you, you, mm. you do get a full background as to pretty much every question that gets a lot of stuff gets tied up pretty well. Like there's even even character arcs actually get tied up pretty well at certain points. And I think they do a rather good job of that, because especially when you have a larger ensemble cast, like again, right now in the first couple of episodes, you kind of focus on just a handful of people. But then it starts opening up and opening up and opening up. So you start getting a larger ensemble because there's a lot of moving parts and whatnot to the series. And so but I think it does a really good job on tying up those loose ends for the for the most part, because there's a lot of series out there will say, oh, but whatever happened to so and so character or whatever it is, and he, and they, there's, they were still around and how come they didn't come back and do this? there's a lot of those kinds of things that happen in, in longer running series. And so I think you could have milked this, if this was more of a blockbuster type, Epic level type of series that, you know, was hitting on everyone's, you know, radar, so to speak. But I think this one flew below a lot of people's radars for various different reasons. And yeah, you know, it's a single camera shot for the most part, you know, for all the scenes. And it's, it's a very interesting uh, way of doing this. So what,
2: what do you, what do you mean by a single camera shot? Like, like,
1: like Birdman. So basically the, it's a, Basically, there—that's what they—they they, they classify it. Say on like uh, on Wikipedia, basically. So the idea is, it's, it's a single camera setup for each scene, basically. So they're not—they're not, they're not mm-hmm. doing you know roto, roto, rotoscope any of that kind of stuff. They're
2: not going like face cut, cut, cut. It's just each scene is like with one camera.
1: They'll, they'll face cut, yeah, but they'll just reposition the camera for different por- portions of the scene, basically. So they, it, it, I feel like they storyboarded a, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. I feel in, the, in this mm-hmm. series. And how they wanted things to kind of appear is what I'm I'm postulating because I said, I didn't know that it was a single camera until I had gone to check out uh, uh, the the EP list and whatnot and, and and for for this for the pitch and whatnot. So it was very interesting, you know, how, to me how that worked out.
2: Wait, is it single camera or single shot?
1: Single camera is what they classify it as.
2: Oh, okay, okay, got it. Yeah. Well, you said single shot. I thought it was like Birdman or something. Like you know, we're just following him around
1: don't stop that would that would be super yeah. hard to do for this one i think because especially as getting when the cast gets bigger it's a lot harder to do i dug this a lot basically just because like again i thought that jk simmons did an, an, an immaculate job i would say like if tatiana Maslany, as relates to orphan black was able to portray that many characters this is a kind of a, a, an expert level way of playing a duality of characters so to speak in this. So I think, mm-hmm. I, I think that JK does that level of, of performance in my mind. Uh, so I thought, yeah, I was very, very pleased with his work.
0: You pretty much have me at JK Simmons. I'll watch anything that guy does. He's just so good. Yep. I, we should I, all go to the JK Simmons workout routine though. Oh yeah. I saw those posts on Instagram with the rock. Like he is jacked right now.
2: Oh but, seriously?
0: Yeah, I totally missed this. Rock and he, he's rock is keep posting uh, Jack like Jack pictures of J.K. Simmons like on Instagram. I don't know what they're doing. I feel <laughs> like it's a Christmas thing, but I don't know if it's as good as his turn as Cave Johnson in the video game Portal Two. Oh um, well, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Dan, you probably see, are seeing clips from that. But Jason, are you? We talked about Portal. I think a while ago. We um, did.
2: Yeah. We did, but I didn't know J.K.
0: Simmons would have anything to do with that. So in the sequel, he plays—he—he he only does voiceovers, right. but he does them so well. And if you're mm. never going to play the game, I'll just send you clips. Because he, does, he, he reads this insane dialogue with just such conviction. It's amazing. He gives mm. an amazing performance in Portal 2. It's unbelievable. Yeah.
2: Mm. He's a great voice actor. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The creator of this
1: series is one Justin Marks. And I knew his name sounded familiar when I read it before because I had to go back and say, okay, what else has he done, like, say, recently? And actually worked on the story for Top Gun Maverick. Mm. So, which I thought was very interesting.
2: I'm not sure that's a selling point, to be honest. I like like (laughs) Top Gun Maverick, but like, you know, that movie was written by like a five-year-old, it it seemed like.
1: It doesn't have a whole lot of other credits on, on that perspective, though. So he's like, he did a TV series back in 2013 and was an EP for it called Rewind, which I did not, did not see, but he Sounds also like was a a writer. He's also, he was also a writer <laughs> in the 2016 jungle book.
0: Oh yeah. He's definitely a Scientologist.
1: And then, oh wait, no, no, You're digging yourself a bigger, bigger hole now. No, man. One, more, one more here, man. But no, again, this is interesting to me. So one more. He was writer on the 2009 Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. Oh, OT come level on. Eight. OT <laughs> level eight. This dude sheds things like it's nothing. <laughs> well, that's why we say quit Stalin and show us your <laughs> oh, man! All choking aside, basically, again. I think that, you know, he did approach this series with, I think, a lot more, I guess, I'd say restraint, I guess is the word I'm looking for, opposed to some of these other things he's helped Penn or Kem have work on. I think that I think he definitely did a lot of thought about world building for this and a lot of a lot more thought into character interaction development. So in my opinion, so I think it's, I think it's, regardless of his again, I thought it was interesting that, you know, the, that this is what he's done, his body of work. And then there's this in the middle of all that, right? But I, again, I think that this, out of everything he's done, this is, Top Maverick was entertaining, don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed that movie. But I think writing-wise and world-building-wise, this is by far superior out of all the rest of that work, in my opinion.
2: I don't know. Not, Nine has now got me thinking that this might be, like, some coded Scientology thing, right? Like, you know, it was like Battlestar Galactic, no, not Battlestar, uh, Battlefield Earth. The John Travolta movie? It's 100%. Yeah, that was 100%. right. percent
1: like, Right? And it's
2: all like Scientology mythology masquerading as a sci-fi movie. You know, I'm wondering if this is, you know, some level eight, Thetan, whatever the, I don't actually know the actual levels that they go through in the phony baloney Scientology. You know, this is probably like when you get to a level nine, they start telling you how really we're one of many planets and you have a counterpart waiting for you on the other side.
0: You were going to say Battlestar Galactica, right,
2: Early, I was.
0: I was misspeaking, yeah. I, I actually think you might hit, hit something, because I thought the original Battlestar Galactica was written by a Mormon guy, and it was sort of based on Mormon... Oh, was it? I, could, I didn't I know that. I could be making this up, but I I vaguely recall reading that, like, the guy who created it originally was Mormon, and it was sort of based on Mormonism in some way, shape, or form, kind of tangentially, but, like, this idea of people wandering through the galaxy trying to find the... Like, right, the the best place to settle, so.
2: Oh yeah, I guess yeah. That's I can see the parallels with Mormonism. Yeah,
1: I think it's deeper than
0: that, but it's yeah.
1: I mean, I thought you were going to just start playing or humming the riff to all on the Watchtower. Is that what I thought you were going to do? So
0: I don't know. <laughs> I can do that for the feedback. Um, there you
1: go. <laughs> Yeah. All joking aside, basically, I mean, I think that could you make a a a, a case on aspects of religion coming from this maybe to an extent with some of the characters maybe but i don't think that it didn't strike me as any kind of real allegory to specifically scientology but again you know i again once you once you watch the first two episodes you could probably tell me
0: differently fair enough hit me with tom cruise force lightning (laughs) (laughs) am i the only one who hasn't seen maverick because i'm i'm never going to see it i don't why won't you see maverick I just, I don't, I'm not, I, I didn't I like the first Top Gun that much. I like, it was cool when I was a kid, but over, I've never wanted to rewatch it and I had no desire to see the new one. It just didn't appeal to me.
2: Okay. Like, obviously the script is kind of stupid. I mean, they never actually say who they're fighting. Like everything is like literally like a, like an 11 year old would think, Oh, we're going to go fight the enemy. And uh, you know, things like that.
0: Okay. So they were talking about Thetans. Okay.
2: Yeah, but but what is good about the Top Gun movie is the cinematography is insane. Like, they do all these shots from an actual cockpit. Like, if you just ignore the story and the characters, which are, you know, not very good, but you just look at the visuals, they are incredible. Okay.
1: Forget the massive suspension of disbelief and just focus on... The I guess the more technical parts of filmmaking. Fair enough.
2: They literally stuck them in actual fighter jets. And so people will start like having to breathe really deeply and they get this thing where like their eyes would bug out. And that's because their eyes, they weren't acting. Their eyes were literally bugging out because they were being hit with like seven G's. And we're like (gasps) (gasps) trying to breathe. It's really cool. Yeah. Just fast forward. You can watch it at home. So just fast forward through the dialogue. That part doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, it's 100% a nostalgia play for people that, like, you you know, want to have have these fond memories of Top Gun or have uh, fond memories of the 80s, even to a certain extent. And yeah, I I got sucked into that. And, like, I found myself actually enjoying myself while watching the movie. So, again, for me, it was like shocking. I went to the movie with zero or very low expectations because I'm like, I mean, this is a remake of a film that I think didn't even do that amazing at the box office when it it, it dropped, I think, in the 80s, if correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah. But I went into it. I'm like, wow! I actually had a good time watching this. I was I was shocked.
0: Fair enough. And I apologize for going on that massive tangent. <laughs> but <laughs> but so
2: going back to Counterpart, what? Maybe you said this earlier, but what year did it come out?
1: Debuted in 2000, uh, late 2017 in December, and then the second season wrapped up in early 2019.
2: Okay, and there's only two seasons.
1: Only two seasons. Ten episodes each season. Okay. And they're like I said, 50, 50, 50, 50 something minutes per episode, basically. I would have you on the J.K. Simmons early on because I had a feeling that that nine was it was a J.K. Simmons, you know, man. But yeah, I think that I think there are aspects I think that both of you can take from this, you know, more personally, more so the more general kind of thriller, sci-fi, pseudo cold war intrigue kind of idea from this. And I think I think that you know, acting wise, I like think I said a lot of people do really stellar, but for me, like I said, it was the way the world building happened and how the story build up w- was there. Kind of need to watch both those first two episodes, unfortunately. I mean, obviously stuff gets more blown up as you go through the series, but I'm hoping that these first two will be enough to hook you, is what I'm hoping. So mm.
2: That yeah. definitely sounds up my alley. I don't know about you, Nyan, but I usually like sci-fi and I usually like thrillers, so this is definitely up my alley.
0: I appreciate a good thriller and i go back and forth on sci-fi, and but I'd never go back and forth on J.K. Simmons. So Mm. that may may sell it for me, honestly. May just be sitting there, you know, fawning over my man crush. There you go.
2: (laughs) He's the the Jack Daddy you wish you had.
0: Exactly. (laughs) exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's it. I think that's the episode title right there. (laughs) I think so. Jack Daddy makes everything better. Oh, yeah. (laughs)
0: Looking forward to it. that happened folks which uh, brings us to the end of another episode of the watch okay please podcast we hope you had a good time listening to us spout more nonsense today and hope you join us next week for another exercise in utility. in the meantime please rate and review us on either apple podcast or spotify or just tell a friend about us until next week keep on watching